We talk about it being filled with the Holy Spirit. But what does it look like, practically speaking? Glad you asked. We've got some answers for you next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen, right? Well, what does it look like? If you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. How? Well, Paul gives us a clear understanding out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25, and that's what we're looking at today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we continue looking at John, we were sent off on a side journey to Galatians chapter 5, the consequences or results of spirit filling. Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. God says when you're dealing with people, it's what pastoring's all about. Some of the people in this church we've been dealing with for 20 years, and some of them I'm still looking for Christ. Uh, or people don't grow like you want. Second, t- Timothy told uh, Timothy, hey, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. People come in to me, they'll tell me, boy, your people don't know much. You're right. Your people don't do this. You're right. Your people seem to get, you're right. And I noticed God hadn't called you to pastor our people. (laughs) We suffer long. Hoping some of you get it. And we cry when you find Genesis. And that's okay. We're here to suffer long. With one another. People get it. Have you ever seen people, you just don't get it very quick, do you? No, I don't. Tech. I was saved before tech. They had rotary phones when I grew up. I typed my doctor's thesis on an IBM computer. I typed it. You hear that? That were tight. Young people, T-Y-P-E. <laughs> and no whiteout. Get out of here with whiteout. I was the whitey. And I had to go back and do the whole page over if I didn't do it right. A lot of things we don't get. And working with people will drive you batty. Don't marry one. (laughs) Don't beget some. People need long suffering. And what you don't know, wait, 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 this is, they've been suffering with you. You didn't know that was coming, did you? Carolyn looked the other way. <laughs> See, God knew I needed mercy, so it gave me my wife. She said, you need mercy. I said, you're right. I can't tell you. I mean, my family raising me with uh, crutches, braces, and all the physical things. Wow. Oh, the love, the patience, the help. Uh, God gave me a great family to grow up in as an afflicted boy because they were kind and long-suffering. Some folks just don't have it. You know, well, boy, this child isn't normal. No, he's not. What are you going to do with him? Well, our child's only a C-minus student. What are you going to do with him? We're going to keep reminding them that they didn't make the honor roll, or are you going to keep saying you're worth suffering with 
you're worth working with. We don't like that in America because grades and brains, that means everything, you know. That's what you're worth. That's why God saved you. He saw your IQ. <laughs> no, he came over a cabbage patch and there we were. <laughs> and you hope he was thinking of us and not the cabbage. No, not many great, not many noble, not many impressive the kindness, and God has been long-suffering toward every one of us. He said, I'm going to produce that in you towards others. Uh, it's, it's there. It's Christ-likeness. He goes on, kindness. Uh, now, this word, you want to get this word, kindness, it literally is, um, get this now, and, and then just look at the one next to you and see if you can say this about him. Are you ready? It means sweetness of temperament that puts others at ease. I don't see you looking. So I don't know who that is. Sweetness of temperament that puts others at ease. Have you ever seen a person come into a party or a group and it was like an ox in a china cl closet? Or, you know, you just, man, this thing, this is going to get so rowdy because you just showed up. Or to watch how children act around people, rough and boom and boom and all that. I just, what I am, oh, get over it. The Spirit of God wants to make us kind people. And uh, let me give you some usages of that word. The word kind here was used of mellow wine. Uh, they'll call it smooth wine. The bite, the bitter is taken out of it. Uh, and get this, Christ said, if you get in my yoke, in my yoke, you'll learn to be this kind of person, kind or gentle. They use interchangeable. And I'll teach you how to be humble. That is, if you're in my yoke. That's amazing that God had to come all the way from the third heaven and say, I'm holding class in a yoke where you learn two things so I can tell if you've been yoked up with Christ you become kind, and you become humble. The proud man isn't wearing his yoke. The unkind person isn't in his yoke. You can't hang out with Jesus without developing a tenderness and kindness towards others. He tenderizes us. I, I mean, you see grown men who will weep. You see grown men give their money to send a kid to a camp. You see uh, people doing... They can't imagine the kindness of God is being produced in their life. I always pick on him, and I use him different times uh, because of Ron Hughes. I don't think anybody would accuse him of being uh, uh, a weak little uh, guy around here. He's, he's pretty threatening most of the time. Uh, kind of like Grant Pinkston, these guys, you know, uh, you want, you're looking for trouble, you come to the right place, doom. And, uh, but what's amazed me is for 15 years, he teaches three and four-year-olds. And uh, I've had different grandchildren with him. I've got a great-grandson. They love Ron Hughes. That's amazing. You know what? It's because he's kind. He's kind. That roughness and toughness is for those that want to be threatening. The kindness comes out to little guys that need a tender touch. It's hard to find a man that can do that. 
I heard a line years ago, it scares me. We seldom win people to Christ that we cannot win to ourselves. Said, I'd, I'd like to know Christ, but just so obnoxious, I don't see him as attractive. See, we got to deal. The fruit of the Spirit has to be being born. And, and what is fruit, by the way? Fruit is life on display. Fruit is life on display. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, false prophets will rise up. But then he said, but you will know them by their fruit. You will know by what they produce. And so all of our lives, our children, our family, our business associates, whatever, they all know the life that we're living by the fruit we're putting out. And uh, this is supernatural. Goodness is, comes from a Greek word to benefit. People that are good, uh, they're looking for a way to benefit you. It's from a Greek word, agathos, to render a benefit. So, goodness is, I'm going to render a benefit. Faith, uh, there's debate. He will bear the fruit of faith or faithfulness. I think it's faithfulness, reliability, because we couldn't even get under the control of the Spirit unless we were relying, exercising faith. But people of faith become faithful. They become reliable. You can trust them to stay with the program. And you know what? It's one of the hardest things we find in church work is people that can be reliable. People that aren't... Uh, uh, bailing out all the time, people that can build a class, people that can pioneer something instead of inheriting everything, wait on me, I, it's all about me. Hey, could you ever be trusted by God for, first of all, with the gospel? God has entrusted the gospel to us. Can God trust us to get it out? Big question. But here, this word, the fruit of the Spirit, produces faithfulness, reliability. And you'll see people just doing the will of God year after year, doing this year after year. What is it? It's the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit that when it gets to be hard work, in season, out of season, they just, they just stay with the stuff. And Paul said, I thank God that he trusted me enough that he put me in the ministry, that he gave me the gospel, 1 Timothy 1, 2 Timothy 1. I thank God he put trust in me. And I think that's what we all will have to answer when we stand before Christ. Did we keep the trust? Are you keeping and doing what God's asked you to do? Uh, or are you just asleep in church? Is it just a game you're playing? Well, uh, God knows exactly where you are. He says he produces the fruit of uh, meekness or gentleness. And that word there means tame spirit. It was used of an animal that had been tamed uh, to bridle the horse. Uh, it meant to be teachable. In James, a teachable man is considered gentle. Uh, tame or meek. It's a hard word to get a handle on. It was used, it came into our language uh, by use of terms used of things that were mild or soothing, soothing medicine. Uh, 
tame animals. And it was just the opposite of rough, hard, uh, violent, angry. Uh, some defined it the quiet and friendly composure which does not become embittered or angry at what is unpleasant, whether in the form of people or fate. They're meek. He was meek and lowly. Learn of me. I, I'm under control. I, I'm of a mild and a gentle spirit. And uh, I don't know that I embrace that, that easily. Uh, I just, because uh, he said in 2 Timothy 2, when people oppose you as false teachers, be gentle with those who oppose. This is the word. Can you be gentle? I think growing up in the Bay Area, growing up with a psyche that uh, guys are going to mess with you and you're going to school, not just get an education, but to survive and to get home intact. So you develop a outlook on others that's being threatening. Threatening. Be careful. Cover your back. Be sure you can get out of this situation. And then you get this word like this. Be meek. I said, are you saying be weak? Are you saying get killed? No. I'm saying be tame in spirit. Be soothing, as it were, to other people. A kind word turns away wrath. It's a product that puts Christ on display. Christ on display. Christ. You say, it's just the opposite of me. Why, sure. You didn't think he'd duplicate more of you. No. And then, uh, you know, it's like, I see a lot of saints are like a porcupine. They got a lot of good points. You just can't get close to them. They're not, uh, they're, they're not uh, tame. They're, huh. I, I've known guys ever since seminary. Uh, they're no fun to talk to unless you have a debate. They don't know how to affirm. They don't know how to put at ease. They don't want to put you at ease. Uh, I, I, I've been at pastor's conferences where you better go in like that. Because everything you think you believe may be questioned. And you've got to prove it. You've got to do this and that. Well, sometimes you are in a battle and you have to prove your point. But basically, our Christian character is to put Christ on display. And he finally says self-control. Uh, if anything's out of control today, it's our culture. I mean, we got an out-of-control culture. Uh, lust is out of control. Uh, uh, drugs are out of control. Sex is out of control. Drink is out of control. Young people out of control. Parents are out of control. The government's out of control. We're going to be out of money pretty soon. Everything's out of control. Who has any control and will not blame for what they do? Where uh, no discipline, uh, and this was used of the body, control, sexual appetite, food appetite, everything we do with the body. It was primarily used that way. Where is self-control that's really coming from the Spirit's control? And uh, are you under control? Is the Spirit in control of you? Are your appetites under His supervision? Uh, we usually go to sex on this uh, because it's used in 1 Corinthians 6 and other verses. But uh, I think, of, uh, isn't it a weird thing uh, in our culture to uh, the obesity that's growing in our country 
And, and yet, uh, here they're trying to get all this sugar out of our diet, trying to get all this white flour out of our diet. And we're eating everything that is keeping us fat and unhealthy. And we've got believers just as bad. And just say, God bless this food that may kill me. Please bless this sugar and white flour and icing and frosting and this salt I just put on the table. I, I mean, between Fran's brother and I need to smack him. Carolyn, every time I eat salt, I say, oh, you don't eat salt. I know what I need. Get out of here. <laughs> could, could God ever take it back to what you eat? Or even exercise, you know. I love to join the Y. It feels good paying for the dues. <laughs> I forgot what the equipment looks like. Every treadmill we have, we turned it into a clothesline. <laughs> hung, hung clothes on it. I mean, self-control. Uh, Howard Andrews used to talk about uh, the reason guys don't have a prayer life in the morning. He, he would say they don't. They can't get blanket victory. They don't know how to get up early enough. And if you read about George Whitfield and Wesley's, they had a whole system when they were in Oxford where certain bells and things would go off because they'd get up about 4.30 and pray in England. And they had all this system to wake them up, water fall on them, everything. Some of you need to trigger a system that Niagara can fall on you about, <laughs> about 6 o'clock and have that beginning time in the morning. Self-control. I can't go to bed before one at night. And so I'm too tired for devotions in the morning. You have no self-control. Why do you keep watching stuff that's bad for you? Why are you watching that junk? Oh, uh, how, how much news do you need to be good and depressed? How much news do you need every day? Uh, I guarantee you haven't read through your Bible. If you're full of news, you're not reading your Bible. I spent two hours watching CNN, Fox, this, that. Okay, why don't you watch Isaiah? Why don't you watch Matthew? He knows how it's going to end. There ain't nobody at Fox that knows how it's going to end. What you doing with the Bible? I don't, I, man, I don't get it. What do you mean you don't get it? Well, I don't understand Revelation. I asked that woman, when did you read it? I've never read it. It's hard to get something you don't ever read. My nephew taught me recently, Matthew, uh, or Marty Howard was telling my dad, used to tell him when he was in ironwork, he said, son, you've got to get next to it. If you're going to learn something, you've got to get next to it. I never heard that. And some of you, be nice to get next to it. And when you start living your life, he said, walk in the Spirit. In verse 25, take each individual step where the Spirit steps. Now, let me tell you how this happens. Temptation will come to you. You'll be tempted to maybe hate. You'll be tempted to uh, someone's cussed you, cut you off. You want to come back as strong as the offense. He said, the Spirit, if you walk in the direction of the Spirit, he will let you step into kindness, goodness. You'll step in love. But they just, they just flipped you off on the freeway. When are you going to quit being controlled by what others do to you? 
I cannot control what happens to me. I'm in charge of how I respond. I love the line my dad used to tell us of old Brother Brown, our black preacher friend in Berkeley, down on the streets of Berkeley. Someone came up and said, he's a blind preacher. said, I hate you, nigger. That's what they told him. Here he's up full of years, lost his eyes. And old Brother Brown said, well, I'm so glad I don't have to hate you back. Sound like Jesus was on that block. And some of you say, I'm going to take that from him. Cut it out. If you war after the flesh, you'll die. Peter, put your sword away. He who lives by this is going to die by it. Kid was telling me lately, man, it's hard to get off the drug scene. You can make so much quick money. I said, yeah, you'll need to make enough to pay for your funeral. They don't last too long. Walk in the Spirit. When you don't know which way to walk, just look at those nine. Is this walking towards hate, revenge, or goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, joy, peace? Ooh, I don't want to love them right now, Lord. But, but she's your wife. She's the mother of your eight children. But Lord, she forgot how to cook. And she's getting ugly. Well, how are you looking? You know, you ate. We went to the 50th high school graduation. Carolyn wanted to go. I didn't want to get depressed. I'm telling you, we... When we went there, I want to tell you, we didn't know our generation looked so old. <laughs> We've escaped it pretty good. I'd see guys and man, you look old and ugly. And the guy said, well, I'm 68. I said, oh, man, I'm older than you, but I've retained something. Where are you walking? Are you, can you say, the Spirit is directing my steps? The Spirit is directing my steps. If you don't walk in dependence on the Spirit, what comes out will not be fruit. It'll be the flesh. So John Walbert at 93, often accused of teaching so much grace that you can live like the devil and be okay. And yet his last words is, I've never, he didn't say this, I've never stolen the money in 65 years that he was at Dallas. I'm still with the same woman I married. I'm still preaching the same Bible. I, you can't lay a hand on me because God's kept me. And George, I just want you to know the Spirit's the only answer. He's kept. He's led. He's enabled. He's filled up all my character deficiencies with himself. Let me tell you, young people, with all the temptations hitting you, all the temptations to destroy you, the Holy Spirit in a 13-year-old's body, 12-year-old, he's bigger than temptation. He's stronger than temptation because God has promised you, I will not allow you to be tested beyond my ability to deliver you. Studying God's Word that we might grow in grace, that we might be encouraged in our walk and relationship with Him. 
You're listening to Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this morning. It's our prayer that our time together has done just that, encouraged you in your relationship with Christ, bolstered you up for the day. If you would like to review today's broadcast, copies are available when you contact us. We also have the series today's message was taken from, other resource materials available as well, the recent books authored by our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. They can all be found at our website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available there, other CDs and series as taught by Pastor Phil Howard recently here at Valley Bible Church. Again, they're all found at our store online, valleybible.org. If you wish to speak with someone directly, call during business hours, Monday through Friday, 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or write to us. 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you'd like to know where we meet for worship, service times, directions, location, it can all be found at our website, valleybible.org, and we would love to see you. Please consider this a formal invitation to join us for worship if you're not involved in a church near you. Again, directions can be found at valleybible.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And again, we mention it from time to time, it bears repeating, as TFT sustainers, financial partners with the radio broadcast, you ensure the continuation of this broadcast here on KFAX. Would you prayerfully consider how you might partner with us financially and then call us? Let us know that you're interested in becoming a TFT sustainer. We'll pass along our quarterly newsletter to you, a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. The weekly video devotional will be available as well. Again, valleybible.org for more information or call 855-833-9864. No gift is too large or too small. We'd love to hear from you. Call us today and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 